A new report shows the Thames Valley District School Board is expected to exceed overall capacity by 2023-24. And while there's the potential for four new schools to be built within the next couple of years, the report suggests it will not be enough to address rising and unbalanced enrollment. A third-party report heading to trustees tonight suggests changes to boundaries or holding zones at several schools already. Enrollment growth has resulted in the need for portables at various schools. We've talked about this recently on the program. Most notably, there are 18 portables at Eagle Heights Public School. There are 17 at Sir Arthur Curry Public School. All this gives me kind of flashbacks to uh, my days growing up in Toronto. And my old high school had uh, just, you know, portables for days. It was quite a large high school. Uh, The report states that over the next decade, the city is expected to continue growing at, quote, a rapid pace, which will cause severe enrollment pressures and continue to add pressures where they are already occurring. Jeff Vogt is uh, Thames Valley's uh, Superintendent of Capital Planning and Facilities and joins us now. Uh, Jeff, appreciate the time today. Oh, thanks. Good morning, Devin. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, in a way, I guess this is a good problem for London to have in general. You want to have people to live in your city, but for the school board and for you, how big of a challenge is this? Well, as you said, the press, the growth is unprecedented, and, and many from outside of our community are discovering what we in London already know. This is a great place to live. Uh, but this unprecedented growth does put critical uh, uh, pressure on our infrastructure, uh, including our schools. Uh, and this is going to be really challenging work for the school board and the communities impacted by this work. We're, we're certainly not entering this work lightly. How hard is it to plan for, you know, population growth for, you know, some areas of the city where it just kind of all of a sudden just shoots up in ways you maybe didn't expect? Yeah, it, it, as I said, this is really hard work. Uh We are going to need more infrastructure added to this community. We're working diligently with our partners at the Ministry of Education to address those. Uh, But it does put pressure on the system that exists currently, and uh, we're going to have to work our best to to balance that pressure for sure. You mentioned infrastructure. Is, Is the answer to this new schools, or is it more than that? Uh, part of the answer is for sure new schools, and, and that is probably the biggest part of the solution. Uh, but we do have um, some areas where uh, schools are not fully utilized, uh, and where it makes sense to do so, we need to examine opportunities to balance enrollment between us, between schools. Could that mean changing uh, boundaries, possibly? Yeah, we're certainly looking at that with uh, with the proposal that's going to the trustees this evening. We're asking that this go out to our school communities for consultation. But certainly this con- this work contemplates uh, several school boundary changes across the community. So just to, to build on that, I mean, when we're talking about building schools, that's uh, something that doesn't happen overnight. So what options are there for the short term? What options are there for the long term to kind of address some of these issues? Yeah, so the you know, there's really three strategies at play here. Uh, we're looking where it makes sense to change boundaries in a permanent fashion and uh, divert kids from, from one school to the next. So there are several of those changes included within the report. Um, the long, ultimate long-term solution is uh, to, to support this unprecedented growth as new capital in the form of, of new schools or additions to existing schools. Uh, and the medium-term solution is is really uh 
quite honestly looking at schools that are underutilized uh, and um, we would we will be busing kids to uh, fr- from areas that are overpopulated uh, relative to school population or school spaces and and making use of, of those underutilized schools. What is the impact of a school that might be underpopulated and one and one that's overpopulated? They have same issues in terms of uh, making the best use of the facility uh, in terms of just operating, you know, schools. Is, is there an impact that you, you you see when you have overpopulation and underpopulation? Sure. On the overpopulated side, uh, you know, you're putting incredible pressure on the infrastructure of the school outside of the classroom. So fields, uh, tarmac space, gymnasiums, libraries, music rooms, uh, uh, all of those spaces have to be shared within within a school. Um, and so those overpopulation situations do put a lot of pressure on those amenities. Um, on, on underpopulated schools, uh, it, it's sort of the opposite. It can have an effect on um, some of the options available to students within the school, uh, some of the extracurricular options, uh, and and uh, and quite frankly, some of the academic options at times as well. Is this happening elsewhere? Can we look to other cities for ideas, or is this more of, of a London phenomenon right now? No, I think this has been going on for some time. As you mentioned uh, in your introduction, it reminds you of flashbacks to your days in Toronto. So certainly the GTA uh, and communities surrounding uh, the GTA have been experiencing this for some time now. Uh, and, and you know, the growth that those communities have previously experienced have uh, is now happening in, in, in London. And while this is exciting, uh, and again, we, we know this is a great place to live, so we're excited to share our community with these new people coming here. Uh, it does create challenges that we're going to have to work through as a community. We will uh, follow with interest. Uh, Jeff, I certainly appreciate the time today. Thank you very much. Thank you, Devin. Enjoy your day. That is uh, Jeff Vogt, uh, Sur- Superintendent of Capital Planning and Facilities uh, for the Thames Valley District School Board. Yeah, I mean, it really does give me uh, flashbacks to uh, my days in Toronto. Uh, I went to the one of the few, uh, I had one of the few school experiences where I actually went to a middle school. Middle schools aren't too uh, popular in in Ontario, at the very least, I can't speak for the rest of uh, the, the country, but in Ontario, we don't typically have middle schools. So I went to an elementary school. JK to grade five, middle school for grade six, seven, eight, then high school after that. And when we got to high school, uh, we my my old high school, it still stands, is uh, Earl Haig Secondary School in Toronto. Uh, Earl Haig, by the way, is a terrible name <laughs> for a school. <laughs> uh, there's two Earl Haigs in uh, Toronto. One's an elementary school. But... Um, uh, I believe one's in elementary school. Either way, doesn't matter. If you want to look up Earl Haig, um, he's not exactly someone I would want to emulate <laughs> and name a school after. Uh, but that was what we did uh, in Toronto anyway. And uh, it's one of the older schools. Uh, but halfway through my high school experience, they just tore down the school and they built up a new one. And the old one was just uh, overpacked. And there was just, we had way too many students. It was a large, large high school. And then the new school uh, d- didn't require any uh, 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 portable, so that was a, a, bonif- a benefit. But uh, I, I do remember my days of being in, uh, so I had grade 10 math in a portable, which, you know, I'm not going to blame that for my struggles in math because I struggled in a classroom as well. <laughs> uh, but certainly getting kids out of portables uh, would uh, be nice. We will follow with interest.